Pointillists and Impressionists Anoint your brush with cadmium red. Ask yourself, do I really need two ears? And give the drug-addled college students wandering in off the Van Breelestraat something to look at. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Is that a, is that a thing? Is that like a road? That's, that's, a, that's one of the main roads in Amsterdam, Nick. Where all the art museums are. Yes. No wonder it was difficult for you to pronounce. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am Owen Say. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we form a beautiful image called Feckless Moms. And this, in the reflection of said image, is Talk Tall to Me. A lazy Sunday stroll through the government-subsidized art museum in Tulltown. Nick and I, barrettes set rakishly on our heads and sketch pads tucked listlessly under our arms, we'll stroll with you through the Bauhaus bunker, cross the Palmer promenade, stop for tea at the Crossfire Cafe, and eventually suggest that we go back to our studio apartment for coffee. Yes, every painting an album, every brush stroke a song, Nick and I will discuss the finer points of the work of the great flute futurist himself, Ian Anderson. You you have a barrette on your head. I have a barrette. I'm I just have my hair up. Yes. And Ian has a beret. Yes. Yes, he does. Nick, do you like do you like art? I don't go out of my way to experience art. Your, your wife is literally a visual artist. She is. She is. RavenMcGill.com, for those of you who would like to check out her things. It's amazing. It's, it's lovely. It's, it's very beautiful. She, she, her, her, a lot of her art speaks to me, and then some of it is just like, mm, okay. And it's hard to find that balance. Sure. Because I am, I am as, as you all know at this point, to a fault, I am unabashedly honest, mm. and... And when I when I'm like excited for a piece of her art, I I I very very eagerly show it. But then when yeah. I'm nonplussed, I also eagerly show my non my nonplushion. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I, do, I appreciate art. I think. Yeah. Well, Nick, we have speaking of art, a lot to to discuss today. We do. Today is is pretty hefty. Aside from the fact that. We are on the final song off of the album proper of Minstrel in the Gallery. We are also on the final episode of <gasps> Talk Tall to Me 2020. That's, that's right. This wraps up our two-year run so far. We've been on for two years, Omen. It feels like 200. So long. And, and therefore, we have a lot of catching up to do, mm-hmm. a lot of loose ends to tie up, mm-hmm. and maybe some, something exciting and new. I think there may be. I think that there may be. And we are recording this the day after the American Thanksgiving. Ooh, yes. A little whistle on that one. The day after the American Thanksgiving. And and as such, I I I feel and also it helps that this song is so so short that we can fit this in here. As such, I, I want to show our appreciation and our love for our fans. Indeed. We appreciate your 
you're reaching out to us and you're listening to us. And I had just yesterday, I had two separate fans reach out to me on on Instagram and express their their love for the podcast. And, oh, and, I think I oh. think I see those notes coming oh. in right now. Here we go. Yep. I gave your notes to you on the back of the turkey fat. Car- carved right in there? Not even in the skin? I saved it for my, my portions. Oh, I, I'm curious. You know what? I'm too afraid to, to actually learn what those. I'm always portions. watching you when you're sleeping. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, she, she works for you over there, so I don't know how she's watching me, but I, I am listen, terrified. I would We would have fired her, but she's grandfathered in. She is. She cannot. She, she's got tenure. Oh, man. It's so hard. It's so hard to get rid of him. I know. And 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 we would never want to. Isn't that right? Wait, was that to me? I know when you're lying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Just just hand over the papers and we'll get on with Thank it. Thank you, Mary. We appreciate it. Omen, let's why don't we start this fan appreciation with a little bit of a tweet. Tweet, 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 tweet. See you in the morning. Yes, Alan Begg. Our second favorite Scotsman writes, or rather tweets, at Omen Said, I'm not sure if this is relevant or not, but the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland. Oh, that's right. Unicorn emoji. Hashtag cold wind to Valhalla. Hashtag talk tall to me. Thank you, Alan. I had forgotten that. Yeah, so maybe that is part of Ian's inspiration in, in putting the phrase on an outsized unicorn into cold wind through Valhalla. On an outsized unicorn. Just a little a little scotch pride there, I guess. Love that. Thank you so much, Alan. You know, Nick, actually, you know, every every one of the countries in the British Isles has an amazing animal as its symbol. You know, England has the lion, Scotland has the unicorn, mm-hmm. Wales has the dragon, and Ireland has a harp. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Really would have preferred whales having whales. Of course you would. <laughs> and, and and whales has has whales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ireland, come on now. Your na- your natural national animal is the harp. Yes. Not the harpy. Nope. The harp. A delicious, delicious harp. Mm. Nick, what is next? Next, we're gonna get into one of the Instagrams from a fan who was following us at Feckless Momes. Indeed. He sent on over a beautiful video of some choreographed dancing done to Beret. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Very, very nice. I I thanked him for sharing. And he said, minstrel era Ian would have blown a gasket. (laughs) Oh, because it's ballerinas. (laughs) Because it's ballet, yeah. And I said, Mm. I think it's more modern, actually, than ballet, but who who am I to judge? And, And then I said, I wonder how many times he's seen dance put to Beret. Hmm. Like at this point, after 50, 60 years, how many times has he seen people using this piece for, for dance? He must be thrilled. He, he, he built himself the perfect fetish, basically. <laughs> he a, has, fet- a fetish vehicle? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe he's bored of it now. He, I mean, he might be at this point. He likes, he likes cats and salmon yeah. and Indian food. He also says that he's been meaning to send us an email about being a 19-year-old diehard Tullskull. So I hope we get that soon. I I definitely want to hear your jump start. And I I encouraged his his sending that. But 
in terms of dancing to Bure, I'm I'm sure you can find countless versions of that video on YouTube. Yes. Or even even on Instagram, you know. So so that's it for the Instagram. We have we have one more Instagram, but that gets tied into our next segment. We're gonna do three jump starts today. So this is from a username, Nick as a brick. Brilliant. Love it. <laughs> he says he messaged me a while back under his pseudonym of, of his, his business account at Creepworks. Hmm. At the and he does he does great he does great artwork. I think he's the one that did that that tool yes. to rock and roll sticker. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so at Creepworks, C-R-E-E-P-W-E-R-K-S. Beautiful work. A beautiful work. Lovely, lovely art. It's art that I appreciate. Hmm. At the time, back in September, I think, I'd only listened to Sea Lion 2. I wanted to listen to more, but I was in the middle of some very rigorous training that made most extracurricular activity stale and tainted. I can totally relate to that. Anyways, I'm back at listening in no particular order. I'm enjoying the commentary, and I appreciate your humorous delivery. It feels like conversations I could have with my best friend. Maybe we should do a podcast and achieve massive success like you. Well, <laughs> hey, the more the merrier. <laughs> exactly. I'm a lifelong tall fan. I have very distinct memories from when I was four years old playing Aqualung on repeat from my mom's original master's cassette. I called it wow. the Dead Duck Song. <laughs> and now, 34 years later, I have a dog named Tull, and my firstborn is named Ian. Oh, I've had the good fortune to meet Ian Anderson on three separate occasions. The most recent time I brought my son Ian and Shona scolded me for bringing my child to a concert when he should be home in bed. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) So fantastic. Thank you so, so, so much. Love those stories. That is greater dedication to Tull even than doing a, a podcast, I think. Yeah, it is. I can certainly appreciate that. Thank you for reaching out. Loving the jump start there. Omen, you've got two more, I believe, right? Yes, indeed. We have one from Matthew D., who writes, What a delight to have stumbled upon your podcast, TTTM. I was listening to some jazz flute music on Pandora Premium, and afterward your podcast came up as recommended listening. Mm. Best, best 50 bucks we ever slipped Pandora. I think I remember, I'm a little anecdote here, I think I remember one time a while ago, probably last year, during a recording sesh, I said to you, oh, hey, we f- I finally got the podcasts on the Pandora. And you were like, Pandora? Who? <laughs> okay, who listens to Pandora? Who cares? Well, apparently it's Matthew D. Yeah, exactly. So thank you, Pandora. Thank you, Matt D., for letting us know and continue. <laughs> Momentarily confused by the recognized artwork and font style, I thought there may have been some rare Jethro Tull song that somehow I missed. Instead, I learned that Pandora now does podcasts and is somehow smart enough to link us together. I've never been into lyrics, and thus the singing is just another instrument to me. So hearing your explanations and interpretations are quite informative and entertaining. My first introduction to Jethro Tull was by my 18-year-old brother, seven years my senior. This is a common theme Checks out. Yep, definitely. Who came home with the newly released Thick as a Brick with the full newspaper. I listened to this album for a year or two with no exposure to any other tall music. 
The next album my brother brought home was Benefit, followed by Stand Up, and then Songs from the Wood when it was first released. Once I started purchasing my own records, I purchased Heavy Horses and then saw them in concert. Supporting that album, Uriah Heap was the warm-up. Uriah Heap. No idea. Sounds like a condition. (laughs) I was completely hooked after seeing Tull in concert and purchased the rest of their albums to fill in the collection. This was Aqualung, Living the Past, Passion Play, Poor Child Minstrel, etc. Well, thank you very much, Matt. That is, uh, you know, again, so... Almost archetypical, the introduction to, to Jethro Tull mm-hmm. being from an older sibling. So we we really appreciate hearing your jumpstart. Yeah, particularly from that era, being young enough to see those those albums come out. Spot on. It, it definitely checks out. Yeah. And then we have an email from Stacy S. Subject, a thank you and an introduction. Message, hello, Nick and Omen. My first encounter with Jethro Tull was in the spring of 1971. I was 12 and in seventh grade. My older sister, a junior <laughs> in high school, brought Aqualung home after hearing songs on the radio. I was hooked by the imagery of the lyrics and the sheer paradigm shift of the music. Wondering aloud, deep sigh, 50 years of listening pleasure. I discovered Talk Tall to Me about two months ago during a break in the day of my remote teaching of high school biology. Oof, oh my gosh. God bless. Stacey. Yeah. Yes. Strength be with you. I've been binging and I'm just about caught up. Absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Stacy. Stacy, thank you for writing and thank you for teaching our youths in this incredibly difficult time for teachers. Yeah. Thank you for what you do. Yeah. Amazing. Greatly appreciated. Nick, what else do we have? I think we'll just wrap up with a couple more quotes from Ian from Minstrel. Amazing. And then we'll get into the song because that is it for our appreciation for these sweet, sweet listeners. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Please, again, feel free. Let us let us know your jump starts. Let us know how much you appreciate the podcast because we appreciate you. So some more Ian Minstrel quotes. Yes. In terms of the Jethro Tull canon, Aqualung has to sit right at the top of the tree, not only regarding quality of songs, but as being iconic to an audience the world over. Well, particularly back in the 70s. Mm. Then, if you were to divide all the work, including my solo stuff, in three blocks of A, great, B, okay, and C, perhaps not, (laughs) then Minstrel in the Gallery would be in the second group and probably near the top of it. But you know, it might be somebody else's favorite. Wow. Ian is realistic sometimes. It's nice to see that he can recognize where things fall. Although I don't think he's given himself enough credit for for Minstrel. I think it should be maybe in the bottom of A. I think that if unsentimentality was an Olympic sport, Ian (laughs) Anderson would be the world gold medal champion of of all competitions. Scotland would take it home every every four years. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Would it be winter or summer Olympics, Oman? Winter, because it'd be winter because it requires a cold heart. Dark and depressing, right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Another quote, I'd written much of the material beforehand, so many sessions didn't require the other's input, at least in the early stages. So they ended up with time on their hands, doing day trips into Switzerland or Italy. John Evan and Martin had cars and would visit ski resorts. They were the playboys of Monaco. 
It was okay, but Monte Carlo is a soulless, meaningless place. We were residents while we were there, for tax purposes, but what had seemed like a good idea wasn't a great one. So while I wouldn't over-egg it, because it is still a banned record, this one has a bit more of me being private, reflective, whimsical. Nick, I, I, I want to do day trips to, to Switzerland and Italy. <laughs> On your off time from when you're recording one of your greatest albums, yeah. In Monte Carlo, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. want to do that. Okay. I want that. Put that on can the, I have that on for Christmas? To-do list. I Next will. Year? I'll see if I can. I can. I'll. I'll do a, a crowdsource. We'll see if we can get okay, that. Okay, that for sounds you. great. <laughs> and finally, one last quote. This one in particular about the song "Grace," the song Ooh. we are about to discuss. That song was just paying homage to the world around. It was a musical afterthought, a postscript, just thanking whatever power or spirit for the blessings that have been bestowed upon you that day. Then it asks, "May I buy you again tomorrow?" Because, in a way, you pay through the nose for that good luck. So it's just saying grace, although I tend to not have these thoughts about me when I sit down to gorge myself on King Prawn Vindaloo, a sog aloo, pilau rice, and a plate full of papadoms. I'm not that spiritually minded all the time, but there are moments. Well. It's grace like like saying grace before Thanksgiving. Yes. Or, or any meal, really. And, of course, Ian's Indian food appreciation coming out there as well yeah well nick i think that is a fabulous dovetail as it were into talking about this week's song which as we've just heard from the, the the flute master himself grace let's listen let's have a listen nick hello hello well, and that was Grace. 35 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and as you said, Nick, this is the final canonical song off mm-hmm. of the album. Or rather, it's it's the it's the final song on the original release. The yes. original vinyl, yeah. Yeah. What can we say about this song, Nick? Shall we talk musically? Uh sure. Can we listen to it again, <laughs> to be honest? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna play it one more time. So, so it's 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 what we've come to expect from Acoustic Ian, really. And from this album, it's 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 a good it's a good representation of of the aesthetic of this album. Yeah. Yeah, it's what like two acoustic guitars, I think. If I think if if that, it if may that, just be one. Might even be one. I couldn't quite figure. I only had 10 seconds to figure it out. And then the <laughs> strings came in about halfway. Their standard yep. sweep in. And then we've got a single ting from the glockenspiel, like right at the end, about 30 seconds. And that's it. Is it really just one note? I th- I'm pretty sure it was just a single hit. Let me see if I can yeah. find it. Tomorrow. Yeah, there it is. That was actually the engineer accidentally dropped something on the glockenspiel as yeah. they walked by. And Ian fired him and then took full credit for it. That's right. And then we have the little violin at the end very sweet very soft very lovely it's not aside from that violin i would say there is little to no lagoob in this it's very light it's got it's got a, a bright sound it's got a warm sound yes to it but that violin has a, a little bit of 
kind of sadness. I feel melancholy. Melancholy. Thank you. That's a great word for it. Yeah. Bittersweet. It's a it's a bittersweet sorbet at the end of a at the end of a lovely meal. Yeah. Sort of a pamplemousse sorbet, perhaps. Pamplemousse. It's it's very it's a good a lot like the content of this 30-second song. It's a good reminder. Sure, your morning could start out bright and lovely, but you gotta gotta keep reality in mind and stuff could go south, but that's a good way to to appreciate what you've got and how you live and the and the next day and the next day. Well, Nick, I think that you may have just raced around the corner, much like an Italian sports car finishing the final lap of the Grand Prix into the world of lyrics. So shall we downshift and then hit the gas? Yeah, you do those things. I drive automatic. Okay. <laughs> so we have five lines. Five lines. Hello, son. Hello, bird. Son, son being the, the star, not your son. Sole. Yeah. Hello, bird. Hello. My lady. Hello, my lady. Hello, breakfast. May I buy you again tomorrow? Nick, I want to start at the end of this song and work backwards. Uh, bold decision, yes. but I think we'll be able to do it. Much like a French race car driving backwards <laughs> through the Grand Prix. <laughs> Very bold decision. <laughs> so, may I buy you again tomorrow? Nick, you know you know what this reminds me of? I don't. As a... As I'm sure you were just about to say, yes, Nick, it does remind me of uh, the works of Marcus Aurelius, the Roman Empire, and and famous Stoic. Classic. Yeah. L- literal classic. An actual, an actual <laughs> classic, yes. So I've been, I've been dabbling in a little bit of Stoic philosophy recently, and the Stoics, one of their sort of primary tenets was to keep in your mind the fact that this could be your last day on Earth. And in mm. Latin, they say... Memento mori, remember that you will die. And, you know, it's not meant to be depressive. It's meant to, it's meant to focus the mind and say, you know, all right, well, this, I'm doing this today, whatever it may be, I'm going to work, but this might be the last time that I ever do it because I might die tomorrow. So how do I want to do it? If, if let's say I will die tomorrow, how do I want to do the thing that I'm doing right now? Yeah. And it it applies itself to any kind of activity that you might be doing, whether it's human interaction, you know, whether it's speaking with your with your friend, or whether it's doing your work, or whether it's enjoying a meal. So I think that you know it's easy for us to say in modern life, but I think it's always been the case in in human civilization that we sort of we live with half our minds in the future and half our minds in the past. And it's easy to sit down to breakfast and just kind of shovel it down our faces without really observing it. It's it, it's living in the now. Exactly. Yeah. It's being present. And so I think that this, this moment of observation and saying, hello, breakfast. Wow. First of all, hello, I see you. I'm here with you, breakfast. Yeah. And then the question, may I buy you again tomorrow? I don't know, because I might die. So, this might be the last breakfast that you ever eat. So why don't we, as Ian was sort of saying in the quote, why don't we, you know, really be present with it and observe it and be thankful for it in this moment? I think that's beautiful. 
It is. It is really beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful sentiment, and and I think, without dissecting a little bit, it could be construed as depressing or or even confusing, really. <laughs> but it's 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 a nice way to to really just acknowledge life. And I think what a perfect episode to be recording after Thanksgiving. What a perfect episode to have so much listener appreciation and our appreciation for the listeners as well. I, if, I think it fits perfectly. Well, and now, Nick, it is the final, it is the waning moments of 2020. And if any, if, if this year has taught us anything. Oh, Christ on a crutch. Yeah. It is that you really never know what's around the corner. Appreciate those you are with. Appreciate what Absolutely. you have. Yeah. Because you just don't know what's coming down the pike. That's right. It might be a pike. A it p- might be an actual pike. A, a pike wielding a pike coming down the pike. Wow. Just pike on pike action. Yeah. So what about the rest of the lines? Hello, sun. Hello. <laughs> hello, bird. Hello, my lady. Hello, breakfast. Yeah. I see it as as a progression. You open your eyes. Hello, sun. It's the first thing you see. Hello, sun. You Because you, you're sleeping outside and you woke up at 10 a.m. That's right. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure why, but I can appreciate that. So you wake up, you walk down the stairs, you look out the window, you see a bird. You come to the breakfast table, you see your wife drinking a cup of coffee. Then you sit down in front of the breakfast, you greet your breakfast, and then you say, I appreciate all these things. Can I Can I do this again tomorrow? Yeah. Could I be so privileged as to have this experience again tomorrow, even though it it may come across as banal or, or unexciting? And, you know, I think that you just revealed, you just shucked that final line for me, Nick, because I think there's a double meaning. It's, it's, can I, meaning, may I, you know, is it, is it possible or is it possible that I won't have this experience again tomorrow? Or is it, may I please do this again tomorrow? Yeah. Please, sir, may I have some more? May I buy some breakfast tomorrow? I, Oliver, Oliver, never before has a boy wanted more. Oliver, Oliver, he won't ask for more when he knows what's in store. Well, I guess we're going to throw that song in there. <laughs> Oliver, Oliver, never before has a boy wanted more. Oliver, Oliver, won't ask for more when he knows what's in store. I think we we definitely ferreted that out, that it's it's not just, do I have the ability, but will I be given that opportunity? Yeah. Sometimes, Nick, you know, I do my commute on the subway, and it's easy in New York to get overwhelmed by the number of people yeah, and yeah. to sort of go through your commute and your day hatefully and just sort of see every single person and be like, oh, my God. Oh, gee. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. Why is he wearing that? Why is she speaking so loudly on her phone? So sometimes I do a thing where every single person that I see, I try to see them as beautiful. I literally, like, I look at a person and I, I say to myself, ah, how beautiful. It's like... Gray, gray lady, lady gray, was that her name in Baker Street Muse, where you said, see everyone like your mother, the Buddhist. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Try to see every single person as, you know, well, in a way as yourself. Right. As beloved by you. You're right. It's very easy to, to dehumanize. It's very easy to, to kind of shut down, but ultimately we're all human. Yeah. We all want the same thing. And we all want the same thing or some variety of that and and being able to recognize that and acknowledge that. It doesn't mean you have to go up and hug someone, but certainly certainly not these days. Not these days. But being able to 
try to understand where they're coming from and being forgiving and being being stronger because that person could be having a worse day than you right. really, 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 really helps things. I, tr I try to live like that. And it, it makes driving on the thruway easier. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it makes passing the homeless people in Syracuse a lot harder. Yeah. So, yeah. Nick, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I had a wheat bread toast with peanut butter, butter, banana, and honey. One of my all-time favorites. Did you greet your breakfast? I did not. I did not. <laughs> did, you, did you shovel it down your face with a, without a second thought? Kind of, yeah, because I was also making breakfast for Rook. So Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's easy. Just I think it's a little more important to greet people and appreciate people than it is to greet your breakfast. But also, like, take a step back every now and then. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's it. It's easier for me to to step back and appreciate an amazing meal from like good luck. Sure. You know, but, but sometimes a, a toast breakfast sandwich is, it can be appreciated. You never know. And you never know when that bite could be your very last. Your last bite. So make every breakfast the best breakfast. Twice as big. <laughs> so, so there were more, so there will be more bites to be the more last. last bites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a diet. It's called the, I might die tomorrow <laughs> diet. It's like uh, it's like in Groundhog Day when he goes through that phase mm, of just mm -hmm. eating everything and smoking cigarettes while he's doing it. Live, living life to excess. We, I, let's be clear. Let, don't live your life to to self destructively. No, no. <laughs> please. That's not the. I don't think that's the point of this this song. No, it's to yeah. appreciate every moment and appreciate what you have and and is in front of you and to be present. And to be thankful, to appreciate that this universe is multifaceted and, and extraordinary and it's fairly miraculous that you are able to do whatever it is that you're doing right now. Even if, it, even if what it is is suffering, wow, what an amazing privilege that you get to be alive and suffer in the unique way that you're doing right now. How exquisite. <laughs> Starting to get more depressing. <laughs> you again. Tomorrow. Well, Nick. Omen. On that note, speaking of appreciating things. Mm -hmm. Speaking of art appreciation, pulling back into art appreciation, here we exactly. go. Exactly. We are about to unveil on this final episode of 2020 a brand new segment on Talk Tall to Me, a seismic shift in the structure of Talk Tall to Me. Yes. Nick, what do we have? Well, you may have noticed, or maybe you haven't, but we haven't yet talked about the the art that is the album cover of Minstrel in the Gallery. Yeah. We have, we have at least mentioned them in previous albums. This album, we are starting a new segment that I like to call Sleeping with the Dogs in Midwinter. Sleeping with the Dogs in the Midwinter. Because our photographer correspondent, Jesse Winter, has so graciously stepped up to do an art appreciation segment. And because his last name is Winter, I went dogs in midwinter. And because sleeping with the dogs ends with dogs and dogs in midwinter starts with dogs, I put them all together. Makes no sense. Tickles me. But, but, but here we go. <laughs> that was amazing. I think I just had a stroke. Let's hear the segment. Sleeping with the dogs in the middle of 
Good morning, Toll Skulls. This is Jesse Winter beaming in from Queens, New York, Long Island City at 1010 Studios. It is October 10th, 2020. It's a crazy coincidence. There's a lot of symbolism here. I am severely honored that Omen and Nick are letting me digress into the album cover art, design, layout, photography, et cetera, et cetera. What's exciting, even more so for me, being the first time I've ever done a podcast, is that when this album was released in 1975, I was not even an idea. Maybe I was an idea, but I may have been a sperm. And then I was conceived somewhere between the end of September, beginning of October, 1975, based on my birthday. I'm going to imagine my non-human self walking through a record store, spying this medieval-based Renaissance, Middle Ages-style revelry, an original artwork that they copied. The basic print was by Joseph Nash, 1838, called The Twelfth Night Revels in the Great Hall, Hayden Hall, Derbyshire, 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 Derbyshire talk about this visually what they changed was the lineup of musicians up in the gallery above the revelry so there's only five musicians here in the original there may have been eight or ten or something like this but everything else is an exact replicate there are crocodiles and amphibious mammals and cats and dogs and puppets and gestures of course and some sort of bear like a sasquatch almost this is this could be like some kind of pre-sci-fi visual going on here and it is a party everybody looks to be having a great time there is no drinking and there's no smoking but whatever these people are on it's working and it's an interesting piece it fits for their series at that time for their style and It's also going to be completely art-directed and produced by Ian Anderson himself because he took over control after the Aqualung album. Starting with Thick as a Brick, Passion Play, Onward. It's all his ideas. If you take the album itself, reaching into it at the record store, you're going to look at it and I'm going to buy it. I'm not even going to know what it is. But turning it over, the back cover is upside down. So it's very possible that he wants you to flip it. Now, if you flip it, the cover is right. The back cover has all the details and credits, track listings. It says produced by Ian Anderson, bold. And it is a fluteless image. There is not a flute in sight. I've looked at this with a magnifying glass, a loop. I cannot find a flute, but there are five musicians up in the gallery, literally just like the cover. They're all looking very serious, very focused, a little dark, not much detail down below in the shadows at all. I can see some instruments, a piano, some coffee cups, various boxes, some recording equipment, a dartboard, 
It's like some hand drums and other stuff. Oh, this beautiful bass that uh, the bassist at the time was using. This to me, also one other technical detail on the photograph. I don't know, actually, I did not look, but if tungsten film was not available, I don't know if they made a choice, but they shot this on a daylight balanced film because everything is so orange that it would have been rendering color temperature of daylight, which on photography will look kind of yellow if it's an indoor lighting. In the spirit of the troubadour, traveling troubadour, playing to audiences from a, from a stage, I have this burning question in my mind of if they were recording in Monaco from a mobile studio, were they using this room and did this room inform them or inspire the cover or vice versa? Do you like the print and want to take a photograph that literally carried through to them as these minstrels in the gallery and we will never know this is a mysterious element to this album but on the internet it is chock full of questionings of whether the back cover upside down is a mistake or intentional again these elusive mysteries will haunt tall aficionados for future generations with that we have the insert, Ian Anderson, in a sort of muted printed piece on the guitar. Again, uh, oh, there is a flute in the lower right-hand corner. They snuck a flute in on the inside. Okay. Whew. Looking serious. Dedicated. He's got a watch on. Another another detail I love is he always wears a watch because he always keeps everything on time. Even in concerts, you can see him wearing a watch. Run too long. And on the uh, the band photo cover, we have John Evan who's kind of smiling. Everybody else is pretty serious. Ian Anderson, of course, giving this like uh, kind of caught off guard like look he was into. He's sort of surprised. That seemed to be his go to kind of mood gesture. We have the lyrics all laid out, fantastic lyrics. But I can't talk about those. I'll leave that for Nick and Omi to head down that rabbit hole within a beaver dam, within a chipmunk on a tree. And thus concludes my initial attempt at a podcast. I am so grateful to everyone who bared with me as I try to record this in my studio in my carriage house, in my gallery, overlooking the thoroughfare below. There it is. There we have it. Thank you so much, Jesse, for for being the dog in our midwinter and for bringing us that, that fabulous analysis of the album art. Yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend everyone take a look at the art. Go go online, see where you, see if you can find it somewhere, and watch while he's he's look at it while he's talking about it follow along in your hymnals at home that's right on page page one of minstrel in the gallery also if you appreciate the art on the jethro tull albums go out and find some other art there's Mm. some fabulous stuff out there 
biomimicism, futurism, dataism, impressionism, and more. And <laughs> so that is it for the album proper. We've got two more weeks of bonus tracks. Yeah. Next week we're going to talk Summer Day Sands with y'all. Oh. Yeah, some lovely ones. Yeah. Oh. And and then we'll oh. have one more that after that. I didn't I didn't realize you loved it so much, Omen. Love it. So that will take us into the new year, 2021. 2021 next week. Nick Omen. Tell me what are your resolutions for 2021? To get through one, two, three, three, four, al- three more albums, four more albums. That's it. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's only like four more albums for, for all of 2021. Which albums? So we've got The Tail End of Minstrel. Yep. And we're going to go into Too Old to Rock and Roll. Oh, boy. Then we're going to go into Songs from the Wood. Mm. Then Heavy Horses. Oh my God. Then some, we're going to take a little divergence and get a a couple of tracks off of an album called Songs from the North, Ooh. which was a bit of a compilation, some, some other stuff that wasn't released anywhere. We've got some songs that, and then we're going to wrap up the year with half of Stormwatch. Oh my gosh. And a couple more Christmas songs off of the Christmas album. So it's a really exciting year shaping up. 2021 is going to cover, Nick, some of my genuinely my absolute favorite albums of all Agreed. of all tall time. Yeah, mine too. Those country folk ones are just mm, so good. Uh, that trio. They live in the deep, verdant forests of my heart. That's right. As, well, as does a little troll that, uh, that we see very rarely. <laughs> called Nick McGill. <laughs> and if you have... Wait a minute. Uh, I lost it. If you would like to grace us with your opinions... There it is. On... <laughs> On Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review so you can grace others with our presence and our talking tull into their ears. As the great emperor philosopher Marcus Aurelius would have said, rate talk tall to me today because tomorrow you could die. I think that was probably his most famous quote, right? Did that sound threatening? (laughs) A little bit, actually. A little bit. And it was Marcus Aurelius, so there may have been a sword at hand at all times. You may have done, yeah. Yeah. Until next year, I am ever faithfully Omen Said. I am eternally Nick McGill. We are inadvertently (laughs) Factless Momes. And this indefinitely is Talk Told to Me. Welcome to the Von der Straat Art Museum. Thank you for taking this personal once-a-day tour of the great Scots masters. So here we have an exquisite example of brutalist cubalist pointillism. You see here how the harsh yellows contrast with the form, presenting the viewer with 
an exquisite, mind-shattering postmodernist reverie. Do you have any Banksy? Mm, Is that hush, Banksy? Hush, yeah, Karen, hush, I think that's Banksy. Hush, please, hush, please, you dirty American pigs. If you move over here, we have a, an exquisite sculpture by the late Italian post-retrofuturist Marzelli Martarischi, who is, you see here is using biomimicry to incite the heart's deepest desires, by which I mean the literal heart of a 14-month-old beluga whale which washed up on the shores of Sicily. That's Italian? Is that mm. Italian, Henry? Karen, that's oh. made of spaghetti! Dear sweet Jesus, why did we open the museum today? Over here, you will see an absolutely devastating example of Scott's Impressionism. This piece, which uses the melted debris from a flute factory fire in 1771, is provocatively entitled, Talk Tultimi is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network. Oh, oh, I don't like that one. That, that makes me have feelings. <laughs> 